This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's something for the weekend time. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me, Mr. Chris Budd. This is the show where we skip into the weekend with a goldfish mentality, looking forward to playing whoever, knowing that uh, we're going to beat them nowadays. Uh, isn't that right, Mr. Budd? Hello, it is sometimes who, right. Who, 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 <laughs> we, who are we playing? They who shall not be named, those cheating bastards from the blue side of Manchester. Manchester Cheaty. Oh. We'll discuss our record against Manchester Cheaty uh, later on in the show. Not good, although we are poised yeah. <laughs> uh, for the first time, I think since the turn of the, the century, 2000-2001 season, where if we avoid defeat, that will be the first time we've avoided defeat against them uh, in a season. What a novelty that would be. Progress, bud. Progress. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, in our usual pre-weekend catch-up, we like to start things off with a Villa Minute. Are you ready? I am ready. Right, tell us what's been happening in the past week in a Villa Minute. With the transfer window shut and Villa out of the cup, they return to action against Leicester after a forced two weeks break. After turning to shoot the whole end in the first half, it was a dream start early on, with Watkins clinically slotting home after Buendia's shot came back off the bar. It looked like the basis of a routine win was set up, and Villa could indulge in some fox hunting and get amongst the goals. But alas, poor Villa, we know them so well. The usually majestic Kamara dallied on the edge of his penalty area, gifting Leicester a leveller. A blip? Watkins forced an OG for 2-1, and Villa seemed to be back on track. But any supporters going off to queue for a half-time beer would have seen Villa 3-2 down at half-time before they'd even had their first sip. Villa continued to be their own worst enemies. Next goal win 
wins in the second half, Emery rang the changes with Ramsey and Dina hooked for Moreno and Coutinho. For all the huff and puff, tidy approach play, it was another defensive error that gifted the Foxes the game after Villa had wasted more chances. Q fan exodus with many missing Duran's debut late on, but his new employers went down 4-2 as the feel-good factor faltered. New manager bounce over, growing pains, who knows? It's now returned to more familiar and fruitful Sunday settings, a day where Villa have won their last four games. As they travel to the scene of the crime on the last day of the season where they imploded to give Guardiola and co the title in May. If Leicester was the wake-up call, will City provide Emery with another record broken against the Manchester team, or will Villa return, as always, empty-handed from the empty hand? Oh, well, well, we need something after what happened the last time we were there. That still uh, haunts me. A great opportunity that was to uh, deliver the the death knoll to their uh, title dreams. Many missing Duran's debut. Uh, Guilty as charged. (laughs) How was he? I slipped out. Uh, I, I when it, that fourth one went in, I knew that was it. I guess fuck this. Well, I mean, Siancu wiped him out after about thirty seconds, didn't he? Just sort of went up, headed a ball past him, and got absolutely cleaned out. There's only so many errors you can uh, force on yourself before you, uh, you you can't take any more. And this is why we don't play it Saturday at three, perhaps. Yeah, we're useless at Saturday at three. Whoever came up with that <laughs> idea of playing games Saturday at three o'clock and it needs to be shooting, it's just ridiculous. It's just not on. Maybe more convenient <laughs> for the fans, but it's just not convenient for the players. Those poor guys, they, they need to be considered more when it comes to fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Duran uh, turned up at your gig, didn't he? Later he did, on, yeah. Later on that night, he, he probably just just himself. wanted to thank you for sticking around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to see his debut at Villa Park. No, he's a big, he's a big, he's a big lad. It'll be interesting to. Uh, did he get down? Know, as, uh, no, he did not. He kept himself to himself in the corner. Yeah, needs to grow in confidence once he gets his, you know. Gets, the, gets his rhythm right and gets into the flow of Birmingham, he'll be all over the place. He looks like he's probably quite good fun, though, for just from yeah. his Instagram. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I don't follow these dudes. Uh, I don't follow him. I just saw it. <laughs> I saw Diego Carlos with some mad gaming setup, and I'm just thinking, wow, what a life. Phil are paying you, like, you know, six figures a week to play games. It's, it's glorious, isn't it? Bit, bit of rehab work. No, I mean, sports, I, you know, sports massage every morning. I don't play games, but the f- sometimes when you would play games, you would have that guilty factor that maybe this time should be put to better use. But if you're getting paid 100 grand a week, there's no guilt. <laughs> play away. <laughs> yeah. Crack on, son. Speaking of playing away, City, is it a good time to play them? Possibly. I mean, there's there's never a good time, but this is as good as any. They've lost three of their last six games in all competitions, albeit you know tricky games against Manchester United, Spurs. The Saints game, probably they're not that bothered getting knocked out of the cup because their focus is completely on that Champions League, isn't it, this season? It feels like it this year, yeah. That's why they bought Haaland... I don't know if it's, yeah, I mean, tra- traditionally I would actually say it's probably not a good time because normally when they lose and they've got a home game against a team like Villa, you would suspect that a massacre's on the cards. But I don't know with Villa because Villa, Villa will want a response. You know, you could tell Emery and the players were very frustrated with how the Leicester game went. So may- maybe playing, I think maybe playing a team who traditionally have a lot of the ball might suit us as well. Oh yeah, 100%. Fun thing, Arsenal, Manchester City, Villa all play each other in a little round robbing in the next yeah. week because uh, City play Arsenal midweek before Villa Big play game, that is, Arsenal. And all three teams have gone into this with a loss. So while ideally you probably don't want to play Arsenal and Manchester City after they've lost, Villa have also lost. So they'll be a bit more focused in terms of putting right the wrongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week, that one, with, you know, with all those games. You think if someone... 
I think if one of those teams was to fuck up this week, I don't think you're getting away with it. I think City were sorry, Arsenal were probably lucky that City had to, to go to Tottenham where they've lost the last five, haven't they? They haven't won or even scored at the new stadium. Yeah, with the whole Manchester Cheaty uh thing blowing up in the press, I think Spurs were the only only fans that don't want to see them get relegated as a punishment because um, <laughs> they're the only top four team that can actually take points off. Yeah. I wonder how that will play uh in the minds of the players because uh I don't, you, sometimes you get that s- tribal siege mentality where the fans will be in denial and uh, saying, you know, there's nothing wrong. There'll be a lot of what about trio. Oh, well, you know, what about Chelsea? You know, what about blah blah blah? But they need to they need to suffer for this because this is this isn't like one little thing. This is like serial it's a pro- uh, over it's a prolonged period. It's about ten years worth of yeah. Was it a hundred charges? I think. Yeah, I mean, it's blatant. All their, you know, naming rights deals, all their sponsorships with companies owned by the owners of Manchester City. It's, you know, it stinks from miles away. You you could see it. It's just that they obviously have a a lot of money, unlimited amounts to pay the best lawyers. And the whole thing fucking stinks. They only beat the UEFA case, didn't they? Was it a couple of years ago? Basically on a technicality because UEFA didn't get their shit together and get it over the line and City just threw enough lawyers at it. They were found guilty, but yeah. yeah. They just slipped out on the technicality, but they need uh, court martialing. Unfortunately, in the context of Villa, it doesn't really matter because we've been terrible against them over the last few decades. But you go back to a time when Villa were good from like early mid 90s, you know, when we'd finished second in the league. We were in sort of on the, uh, the league. Won, cup. A, won a couple of cups. Yeah. Manchester City were useless in that period. They got relegated and dropped down the divisions. But before they did, I mean, we after we beat them 3-1, I remember that game, I was, I was at it in Phillip Park, in the chase uh, for the first Premier League title. I think City were 1-0 up. We beat them 3-1. It's when the fan ran on the pitch with a bed sheet that says, good luck, Villa, from the City of Manchester. Obviously yes. A dig at United. But from that game onwards, Villa... They went nine games without a beating City. And this is the City team that got relegated from the Premier League. And then, Well, we know. lost to them twice in that season. And that was the year where that's probably one of my favourite ever seasons. You know, the year we won the you know, finished fourth, won the League Cup, FA Cup semi. Yet we somehow managed to lose to City twice that year. Um, yeah. an, era, an era when they had a, you know, an atrocious team, but they did have Georgie Kinkladzi, who I actually used to quite like. He was one of those sort of mercurial talents. And even, you know, when they popped up again, we, uh, we couldn't beat them. And we finally beat them, uh, and it was at their patch, uh, 2001. Yeah, it was the first first game we played there, wasn't it? Then beat them the, the next game at Villa Park, and then went on another run of 10 games without a win against them at the beginning of the, the 2000s. And then the current run is just horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, this is when they were kind of uh, evolving into uh, the beast they came because of their nefarious financial ways of cheating uh, FFP. And yeah, recently, uh, enough said about that. I mean, the last time we beat them was at Villa Park in the uh, the Vyman, the 3-2 job. But, I mean, really, we, we need to tap into Paul Lambert's brain because he managed a couple of wins against them, didn't he? And yeah, yeah. I mean, the league the had in the League Cup. I mean, it's, if, if my maths is right, it's two points from a possible 36 That's <laughs> in the league against City, which is just... Weirdly, of course, but we, we, we've talked about this before. That, you know, We got a draw against them the year we got relegated somehow. Yeah, that was Remy Gard's first game as well. Yeah. 
And obviously the draw the draw earlier in the season was you know was probably Gerard's only moment where he took it to the the big six really. His record against the rest of them was atrocious, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, that's that City point was underrated because that was the first time I think it was nine straight defeats in all competitions before we got the point against uh, at Villa Park this mm-hmm. season. I mean, it'd be great to sort of be in the mix with City and Arsenal over the next sort of seven seven days or so, and and do a do a number on them both, or just get you know get in the mix and you know really mix it with them. There's obviously the the story that you know Villa have some say in the title race uh, at the moment. I think I'd be happy with a one draw from these two fixtures after what happened against yeah, Leicester. After Leicester, yeah, I think that's a big change of mindset. If we had beaten Leicester, then you're kind of hurtling into these two games with a bit of momentum. But yeah. that that was kind of a reset where you're thinking, eh. you know, as as uh, Phil Shaw said on the last show, it's a bit of a hump game, isn't it? Where yeah, and we didn't. You're get thinking, over it. right? If we do win this, then I think we're over the hump of what we actually expect, and we are three wins on the trot against teams that we should be, and we haven't been doing the typical Villa, but we did the typical Villa. I mean, we in, in the game that mm. we dominated, we threw it away somehow, conceding four goals. So, you know, Leicester what, had five shots, pretty much all of them went in. Pretty much, yeah, five shots and scored four of them, yeah. Which, of course, undoes a lot of the good work, because let's be honest, the general curve for Villa is upward, but it's a, it is a bit of a blip where, you, you know, Emery, the players, the fans all kind of go, hmm, yeah, okay, there is still a little bit of the old Villa there. We're going to have to go above and beyond to get into that top half. Well, we're going to have to start winning, uh, winning a few games that we haven't been winning, which we kind of did to begin with. But then, you know, Leicester at home is a game when they can't buy. When you think you've just got to get over the line, yeah. Because if you want to kind of keep yourself in touch with those teams, you probably need to go and win one of these games now, which you wouldn't be expecting to. We're capable of it, but <laughs> you probably don't expect it. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Do it. Yeah, going into uh, this game, it's Watkins' 100th game. It's uh, Ming's 150th game for Villa. It's Pep Guardiola's 250th Premier League game as a manager as well. He's only the 29th to reach that milestone in the competition. In terms of Villa, though, uh, we have forgotten our uh, trump card in all of this. Uh, Emery is 100% in all away games. Is that worth something? Is that worth anything? No, because he's never beaten Guardiola, has he, in a competitive game? Hasn't he? How many games is that across? 12. Ooh. Ooh. Something's got to (laughs) give. One of those records has got to give. Uh, I know which one my money's on, but uh, I'm not going to say that out aloud. So uh, in terms of those 12 games, it's uh, four draws and eight losses uh, for Emery against Guardiola. To be fair to him, though, he's he's always having to punch up, though, isn't he? It's not as if he's taking yeah, teams of equal equal levels uh, against Guardiola's uh, well, no, team. No one ever does, do they? Everyone has to punch up with Guardiola because he always has the best team in the in his prospective league yeah because he's got ffp breakers on his side Ooh. although he did say if it if it's proven that city have been lying to him he will walk yeah well uh, i'm looking at my watch now We're, we've got uh, a couple of days <laughs> hopefully uh, that somebody can prove it sooner rather than later and take the head off the chicken Right, let's have the threat meeting now, shall we? I mean, wh- where do you start, really? I mean, the first name people will say is Haaland, which, uh, in terms of a Villa context, I thought he was very well marshaled by Mings in the uh, the game at Villa Park. 
So one-on-one with them, I, I don't really have a, a problem with that. It's just obviously there's so much movement in that team that Haaland will get free because Mings isn't strictly man-marking him. So, you know, if Haaland scores, it's not necessarily Mings' responsibility. As in the first game, it wasn't down to Mings that Haaland scored there. But when it's yep. him versus uh, Haaland, then uh, Mings did a very good job and, you know, physically he's, he's more than capable. But where, where do you see... Uh, the actual threats apart from every, every everybody yeah <laughs> i think alvarez is a good player i think it'll be on if you know if de bruyne actually starts you know, he didn't start at tottenham which i know that like, the press had written they were all a bit baffled by that they brought him on after sort of 60 65 minutes yeah because they started with grealish and mares who have both really been not from the bench uh... yeah i've always been a fan of bernardo silva i think he's a brilliant player um, and he always has a tendency to to get involved, get you know, get in the mix against Villa. That's going to be a you know a good battle. How you know Louise and Kamara approach approach the game. And interesting to see if Grealish plays. You're almost thinking actually, you kind of want Grealish to start. Yeah, they set up kind of a four four two. I think Alvarez plays a little bit behind uh, Haaland in that front two if it is a four four two. But that was a but way he just roams ar- he roams around. But they're not they're not feeding the ball to Haaland much. That was obviously a way. You know, they normally go four three three. Do they not? Well, they're not. Yeah, they have traditionally played a front three, or they play like a lone striker, and then everybody else you know, roaming around off off Haaland. I'm just looking at when Brentford. I mean, Brentford went there and won. They took the lead. Uh, Tony, I think it was in the 16th minute, Foden equalised pretty swiftly. But then it, they held out and then in the injury time, late deep into injury time, uh, Tony popped up again and Brentford 1-2-1. They played uh, I think three at the back, so basically five at the back really. It's down yeah. as a as a 3-5-2. But I'm just thinking if Villa normally uh, on paper it says 4-4-2 with the you know the two frontmen I don't I wonder if he'll make any adjustments in midfield. I mean we've already got two deep sitters. I wonder in this one if he might throw the curveball that we've seen from him before in Europe with now that they're all fit, or if they're all fit, rather. Doubling up on the fullbacks. Doubling up on the fullbacks, because Moreno, I thought, did really well. He was one of the, the few sort of highlights to come out of that Leicester game. And you thought, actually, you could play him as a sort of a wide man um, yeah. and play and play cash there, knowing that Moreno can give you a bit of spark going forward, less so Matty Cash, but it just gives you that little bit more solidity and you're not necessarily quite so reliant on Bailey. So who are you dropping? Like doing a defensive shoot. I'd, I'd probably drop Bailey. I'd play Watkins as a lone striker. I would argue to have any chance of winning that game, you'd probably need Bailey on. Because if you look at what you you do off the bench, though. Answer this question. Why are Spurs successful against Manchester City? I think they've probably got one of the more efficient teams on the break. You know, you think of Son and what him and Kane can do. I I think that works for them. And they had Kulisevsky, who I think is a really good player as well. And they let their front, you know, they kind of say, well, we're going to have a really solid five or six behind the ball. But we're going to let three or four go and try and win us the game in transition. You aren't going to control the game against City. You're not going to dominate possession. So in that sense, I, I agree with you that you might need Bailey just to have anything with a bit of pace or a bit of an outlet because you do need to get up the pitch quickly. You need to manoeuvre City quite fast. I think if it's slow, as Villa have been in possession, it's quite ponderous. You allow City to just get back into shape and then it's very difficult to break down anyone really, let alone a, you know, a top side like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I mentioned the Spurs thing because I think Bailey does give you that, that hope. I mean, you saw it in that cup game against Manchester United where he got the ball at the halfway line and, and kind of waltzed through mm-hmm. half of their team. But you do need speed, uh, because I think Villa will be soaking it up. 
And if they can get a better look, you know, like Brentford and Spurs both had, because, uh, you know, in that Spurs, recent Spurs game, uh, City were all over them in that first half and perhaps yeah. should have been ahead of going in at half time. Yeah. And, and I always talk about bravery. You've got to be brave that when you get the ball, you've got to have a go. You can't sort of say, yeah, we're just going to try and play out from the back, like, you know, as we've seen in, in a couple of games before with Villa. And you think, oh, what are you trying to do? Like, you just hit the corners and let Watkins or a Bailey turn them around, make them defend their own goal, make them make decisions. I think Moreno in front of Dean is a possibility. Yeah, but I, but I don't think Cash in front of Young. I mean, if Cash plays, it would probably be as right back ahead of Young. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, personally, I'd play Young. But he, yeah, I think he had a bit of a knock. So I don't know if he's he did uh, yeah, against Leicester. So we'll see what state he's see in. See what see how he is. That's you know that's why I've got a question mark on that. But I don't think he would play Cash in front of Young and Moreno in front of Dean. I think maybe Moreno in front of Dean and then just one right back. Because I think mm-hmm. if you if you do it instead of Bailey, then I think you're compromising any hope of secret against Manchester City's. You've got to uh, give them something to think about, or else they'll just ransack you all all day. Well, you're just you're just inviting them on, aren't you? Against them at, at Villa Park, we there was always a threat there from Villa, and they always had. That's what kept them at bay. Just in the back of their mind, they knew there was always going to be a threat there. Well, I don't. I don't think City are particularly amazing defensively, and I think that's why they haven't got over the line in the Champions League because teams yeah. are that little bit more switched on, and they know they can pick their moment, and they're clinical enough to go. We might only get one chance, but we fancy our chance, ourselves to take it. Um, you know, we saw the game at Villa Park last year. Uh, sorry, last season we were obviously two 0 down. Came back second half, couldn't nick a point. The way we, you know, really got stuck into them, picked our moments, scored two really good goals at the Etihad last year. Obviously, what happened in a five ten minute period happened, but we've we've been in games against them. It's it's one of those ones again, another Emery moment. Where we think, can he get us over the line in these games where we, you know, if we can keep it tight and not be trying to chase a game then you stand a chance. It's if you sort of, you go a goal down early and you try and throw caution to the wind, you're just going to get spanked. Yeah. But I'm curious for these two games as a package to see how, uh, how Villa get on. I mean, you could say uh, one test was the three that we've just had where we played three teams below us. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we were convincing against Southampton or Leeds, but we showed that kind of resilience and will to get over the line. We probably played better against Leicester and lost than we did in those two other games. Yeah, and and, and certain in those, certainly the the previous two games, we were a lot more clinical. You know, you think we we, we weren't all over them. Like Leicester, we had a lot of chances, obviously rattled the woodwork twice and maybe a little bit of bad luck in those games. I think because we battled it out, did all the hard hard work stuff and did the simple things well, we earned the luck and got the, 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 you know, the results that, weren't necessarily convincing, but we did deserve them. Leicester, we didn't really. I think you know, if you concede four goals at home to anyone at any level of football, you don't deserve to win the game. Yeah, and you know, if, if you want some another sprinkle of positivity, I mean, we we did to Spurs what Manchester City couldn't do. You know, we went to uh, the new. Well, I keep saying the new, the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and, and beat them, and it will need that kind of performance uh, to have any chance against City but we know we've got it in us so there's there's certainly hope there and especially the players will know what they potentially could have achieved last season and being Mm -hmm. 2-0 up they know they've got it in them to get you know to be 2-0 up yeah so it's not as if uh, it's a daunting prospect now it's more of something that uh, they know if they play very well they can get a result yes and and maybe you get maybe you get a bit of luck (laughs) With that said, uh, Mom's pool panel's result. Oh, he's actually having to think about this. This is interesting. 
I can see it the way it's gone in in, the, in a few previous games, really, a kind of a, a battling defeat, unfortunately. We'll, we'll give them a game, but it might yeah, not be enough. I think that's what it's going to be, uh, to be honest. The problem being City can play horrendously and still get over the line. Because if City don't win this, and uh, as and you then say... they play Arsenal in midweek, it's, And they get beat be by Arsenal, then they're in trouble for the title. Especially with Arsenal with a game in hand. But saying that, their focus is on the Champions League in terms of if they had to pick one or the other, they'd pick the Champions League 100%. Mm-hmm. I think it's we're in a period now City, as a club, have to focus on the pitch. I mean, hopefully they get ransacked off the pitch, but on the pitch they're going <laughs> to have to uh, think about this. What I'm also thinking is... Uh, I think unfortunately comes a bit early if it was a few more weeks and there's there's murmurs of points being dropped and potential relegation then they'd fully focus on the Champions League then because they'd think oh we're, we're probably fucked in the in the league regardless if we win or not yeah yeah so uh unfortunate timing in that respect but let's see I mean it's it's a good uh it's a good stick to judge filler by these next two games so uh, we shall see mm-hmm. right thank you very much for the uh the my old man said members that have signed up in the in the last week i'll give you a shout out in the main show please do join us uh, in match club for this manchester city game on sunday where uh, we'll be having uh, a chat with everybody before at halftime maybe during the game if it goes Ooh. nasty <laughs> <laughs> we do, we have had a digital walkout before haven't we <laughs> we have uh, of 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 games but uh, match club is our kind of inner circle and where we stay in touch uh, throughout the week away from the uh, the noise and the uh, the trash of uh, twitter let's say, <laughs> let's say mainstream social media okay yeah also, you get access to all these podcasts without those annoying ads. If you don't like ads, uh, become a member, then you never have to listen to them again. And also, you'll get extra shows as well. So please do go to myomanshead.com and click on the members link there and consider joining us. Thank you very much. And uh, also, if you see the shows on social media, please do give them a like and uh, a retweet, etc., just to uh, help get them out there on people's timelines uh, that would be very much appreciated help us uh, spread the word right fingers crossed goldfish mentality on let's see what happens uh, in these this next week and if emery can pull it out of the uh, fire then that top half is back on that is the problem with these two fixtures it comes at a bad time for that mm. push over the line to get in that top half because that would change the mindset. Then you're, then you're very much looking up. But at the moment, we're still, the first thing Emery mentioned in his uh, pre-press conference to that Leicester game was talking about relegation and avoiding relegation. I was hoping those words would have been washed out of his mouth a long time ago. But anyway, opportunity knocks. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.